You've heard me say it here on the podcast more than a few times. I never thought that I could be vegan. I never thought that I could be vegan until I stopped thinking that thought. Until I stopped thinking and practicing and repeating in my head that I could never be vegan. Until I allowed myself to think that I could be vegan sometimes, in some circumstances, on some occasions. Until I stopped thinking that the choice was perfect vegan or, well, or what? What is the opposite of perfect vegan? What is a perfect vegan? I'm not a perfect anything. And maybe it's not all or nothing. What if instead of all or nothing, we could just try on all or something? Veg heads. Hello, Veg Your Besties. Welcome back to Veg Your Best, the plant based podcast. My name is still Michelle Olander, and I'm still a certified life coach. I'm a practicing vegan, and I'm here every single week to encourage you to eat more plants and to set an impossible goal, whatever that is for you. So, we're on Veg Your Best episode. 38, where we are talking about thought errors. And instead of all or nothing, we're going to talk about all or something. So here we are, the last week of May 2021, and time flies when you're vaccinated. As you know, I consider myself a vegan coach, even though I don't only work with vegans. And I in spite of my role, do not know what a perfect vegan is. I don't know what a perfect vegan is any more than I know what a perfect anything else is. And personally, I consider the idea of a perfect vegan, a perfect anything, to be a false binary, a false dichotomy. And by that, I mean it's just a logical fallacy. It's based on a premise that limits all the options available. It's an idea that is built on what I call a false premise. And the premise that there are perfect vegans is, at least in my opinion, false. And if sometimes some in the vegan community judge judge other people harshly who aspire to a vegan lifestyle but are still consuming some animal products. Well, if they judge them harshly, it does not, as far as I can see, help people move faster towards veganism. And it does not, in my experience, help omnivores to move in that direction. Now, not everyone in the vegan community agrees with me on this at all. 
I like to think that the vegan community is not a monolith any more than any other community. But if you're a perfect vegan or a vegan who's thinking that there's no middle ground, and so you're experiencing a lot of judgment and negative emotions about people who just don't seem to get it, I, I understand. But I encourage you to help aspiring vegetarians and plant-based eaters and self-professed animal lovers to learn what thoughts keep you practicing a vegan lifestyle every day. Thoughts like, it's not that hard. You probably have thoughts like, actually, there are so many options. Or you have a thought like, the labels on the cosmetics and processed foods make it actually much easier to know and choose now. So many vegans have the thought that they feel so much better physically and emotionally. And other vegans are gratified. They think our choices really matter. It is making more options for plant-based foods and plant-based cosmetics and options for clothing. You might think if you are a practicing vegan that there is so much suffering in the food industry that you don't want to be involved. And maybe you think, yeah, my family and friends were against veganism, but they understand now. So if you are a practicing vegan, you have a lot of thoughts which help you fuel your continued practice. And it's this same black and white false dichotomy that some antagonists use against vegans. Questions like, how can you be vegan and swap mosquitoes or kill ticks? How can you be vegan and keep a pet? Or walk on the sidewalk where there might be worms and ants? How can you be vegan and still keep your wool or leather products that you bought in years past? If you're someone who is just starting to move in the direction of limiting or eliminating the consumption of animal products, this discomfort of having people potentially mock or judge you, criticize or condemn you, and that it can come from both sides, both vegans and committed non-vegans, well, this can be not the recipe for success that vegans hope for. There are billions of animals not just being slaughtered, but tortured. And the level of cruelty in the system is very hard, I would say almost, almost impossible to really see from an emotional and psychological standpoint until you have the thought, the belief that you could actually opt out of it. As long as you don't believe it's really possible to practice a vegan lifestyle, it will be very difficult to override the cognitive dissonance. I was unable to really see it as something I could do anything about for many, many years. Decades. And maybe that's why I can do this job. (laughs) 
why I can get so excited about talking to people who are not vegan or vegetarian or plant-based, but who are curious about it. If you want to start limiting or eliminating the consumption of animal products, I want to help you any way I can. And if you're already vegan, I want to help you make your next amazing transformation. Because for me, coaching has been the path to so much excitement. I had a very nice life for many years, some rough patches, but overall, an immensely healthy, happy life filled with loving relationships. And sometimes, sometimes I made that mean that it was wrong for me to ask for more or to want anything else. I made it mean that if I took on a big goal or tried to do something different or difficult or exciting, it would, it would upset the apple cart and ruin everything. All or nothing thinking. I really thought that. I thought that starting a business or writing a book or becoming a busy coach and podcaster, that it would mess up my marriage, that it would seem ungrateful that people would make fun of me. And okay, yes, they did. They do, and they probably always will make fun of me a little. But my kids don't seem to mind. And my brother has always made fun of me, so that's nothing new. I can obviously handle it. I had a thought that I should not go public, not get visible, not go on record, and not be a rank beginner in public. But through coaching, and especially after being with my mother during her last months, I started having some other thoughts. Thoughts like, I might not get another chance. Thoughts like, but I really understand people who think that they can't go vegan. And thought, I really want to show my kids that they can do anything. And a thought like, if I'm willing to be a beginner, to fail, to feel embarrassment, I guess, I guess almost anything's possible. Discomfort is the currency of your dreams, my dreams. The only reason I don't do things that I want to is because I think it will be, I don't know, hard or embarrassing, uncomfortable. Scary that I'll be misunderstood. And when I have those thoughts, they keep me in hiding. Where do those sorts of thoughts and feelings keep you in hiding? Where do they keep you from signing up for a class or keep you from writing a few pages in your book or keep you from buying a wild new outfit? or keep you from asking someone to invest in your business idea? Where do your thoughts keep you from drinking water when everyone else is drinking wine? Or where do they keep you from ordering the vegan option when everyone is eating meat? Where are you right now not doing something you want to because you have a thought 
a thought that you'll be criticized or that you'll feel unsure or do a bad job. Most of the time, we don't really even notice that we are actually limiting our choices, limiting our possibilities ourselves for a reason like, I don't know what they're going to think of me. That's what these false dichotomies perpetuate. Thought errors. Did you think you'd be safer and happier and more comfortable and smell fresher if you can avoid what they think of you until you die? Of course not. You know that intellectually, of course. And if you're like most people, you still avoid taking the next step on that dream because you're not exactly sure how it's going to go. It might take a while. Or it might be an instant success. I have clients who fear both of those outcomes. And I just have to believe that anything worth doing is worth doing badly. And that's a thought I offer my clients sometimes when they're very busy criticizing their results and second-guessing themselves and wondering if they made the wrong choice or that they're on the wrong track. What if you could take on your next goal, whatever it is, and actually, actually get a kick out of it when it feels like crap? In the beginning of my coaching business, sometimes I would feel like a complete failure and not realize that it didn't mean anything was wrong. I think there were too many double negatives in that sentence. I had a chemistry professor who always spoke in double negatives, and I loved it. It was the only thing I loved about chemistry, but I realize not everyone enjoys them. Let me try and restate that. Sometimes I feel like a failure or that I should never have started any of this. Everything's wrong. And for a few minutes, that just feels true. It feels like, no, the sky is blue, gravity exists, and I should never have become a coach or started a podcast or developed a coaching methodology. Just true. But now I still feel that way from time to time. And I also know that's just a thought I'm having. It's just a thought, a thought like, boy, I look terrible on that video. Or, I can't believe how long it's taking me to learn how to use this audio equipment. Or a thought like, how on earth can I have a business when all my clients only want to work with me on Wednesdays? True. Or I think there isn't enough time in the week. Or the last post I put out had three grammatical errors. Everyone's going to think I'm an idiot. And I still have those sorts of thoughts. But now... I don't make it mean that anything's really wrong. I make it mean that eh, I'm on the right track. I make it mean I'm learning so much. I make it mean, you know, this is the part where I think I made a big mistake, but if I just keep going, that thought always goes away. Because it's not all or nothing. 
I'm not successful or a failure. I'm not helpful or harmful. And I'm not impressive or embarrassing. There's always a false premise here when I think that there's a place in the universe where I am doing it all right or I'm doing it all wrong. You know, it sort of feels safe. It sort of feels educated and sophisticated and realistic to think that there is a right way and a wrong way to do things. But I'm just doing things. And I invite you to do the same. I invite you to show up and do what it is you think is important or exciting or fun or challenging just because you want to do it. Because I think the best way to get good at something, to get better at something, is to be brave enough to start and maybe even brave enough to be bad. Really bad. Embarrassingly bad. <laughs> so we're going to be talking about all or nothing thinking, black and white thinking, however you want to call it in the weeks ahead. All or nothing thinking can feel very safe sometimes. And we can come up usually with tons of evidence to prove that there are, yes, right ways and wrong ways to do things. And I think it's a perfect recipe for staying stuck. All or nothing thinking is a recipe to stay in hiding, to avoid things. But if you're ready to come out of hiding, if you're ready to push back a little against the avoidance, and you'd like some help strategizing your next move, I encourage you to set up a free coaching call with me. We can talk about what you want to accomplish in the next eight weeks, the next 60 days. You've heard me say it before. We tend to overestimate what we can do in a day, and we underestimate what we can do in a month. Eight weeks of coaching can help you make so much progress, not only on the goal you bring to coaching, but what you learn on the way to that goal will work in every other area of your life. That's why I do this. There is literally nothing that is more exciting than helping people get excited about their lives. So the links are in the show notes. We're going to be talking a lot more about all or nothing thinking. And I can't wait to hear you tell me what kinds of thoughts, all or nothing thoughts, thought errors get in the way of you living your next most exciting chapter of your life. Veg Your Best podcast production, music, and editing by Charlie Weinshank. Thanks, Charlie. Before you go, it would mean so much to me and the Veg Your Best team if you would hit subscribe, leave us a five-star review, or share with someone you think might be interested. Something about algorithms, it helps bump us up a little in the rankings, and that's the best way to help others find the podcast and for us to find our audience. So until next week, make it easy and veg your best.